So I want to start with something funny. I heard about this positive farmer and a negative farmer. When it would rain, the positive farmer would say, Lord, thank you for watering the crops. The negative farmer would say, yeah, but if it keeps raining, it will rot the roots. When the sun came out, the positive farmer would say, thank you for giving our plants valuable nutrients. But the negative farmer would say, yeah, but if it keeps on burning, it will scorch the plants, scorch the plants. One day they went bird hunting in a boat and the positive farmer just got a new bird dog. And he was so proud of this dog. Man, it's a little dog there. Proud of this dog. I'm proud of my dog too. I'm going to miss him a lot for a whole month. Um, he was so proud of the dog. He shot a bird, fell into the water, and he said to the negative farmer, watch this. The dog ran out of the, jumped out of the boat, ran over the top of the water, grabs the bird, brings him back over the water, and puts it in the boat. He asked the negative farmer, so what do you think of that? The negative farmer says, I should have known that dog can't even swim. <laughs> There's always some of them in our lives, right? <laughs> You're laughing, Catherine. That's nice. I love it. When, when Catherine laughs, it's a good one. If she's like quiet, it's like uh, you missed know, the thing again. Um, anyway, so I want to finish the series, one John, uh, the book in 1 John. Man, we've got a whole series. We did four. This is the last one. And some of the main themes in John is that God is... <laughs> yeah, God is good, but it's not in 1 John. 1 John, but God is light, God is... And God is life. And today we're talking about God is life. Let's read together. Why don't you stand... And then we can just read the scripture together. This is the first five, ver five verses. I'm going to take this out. I can't preach with this thing. In. I've got this new tooth in there, but I just can't preach with it. Okay, so one thought. Let's say it together. Here we go. Verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. May the Lord bless his word. Please be seated. So he's talking about commandments here. Now, he is, John is not talking about the Ten Commandments. He's not even talking about the 613 commandments in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, right? He is talking about the commands of Jesus. And Jesus in the New Covenant has only given us two commands. Anybody knows what they are? To love God. That's the second one. What's the first one? It's in the scripture here. It's to believe in Jesus. Two things in the new covenant that we are to, that's the commands of Jesus. One is to love, so to, to, uh, to believe Jesus. And two is to love others as Christ has loved us. It's believing and it's about loving. And that's why Jesus says, my commands are easy, my burden is light. Because it's not like the old covenant, which we were never invited to anyway. Because it's really hard to do that because you can't do it. But this one you can because you can believe in Jesus and you can love because his love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So good. So good. So this actually says in the New Testament here in John, the Gospel of John, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so now you must love one another. Then it says in verse 4, we just read, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is our victory that has overcome the world is faith. 
that believing that faith actually overcomes the world. We've got to believe. Believe that Jesus is the one who he says he is. Believe that he is the son of God. And of course, you may have some memories about long time ago, and when I started this thing, like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, when we talked about, remember they were writing, he's writing to the Jews, but he's also writing to the Gnostics that are among the Jews who don't believe that Jesus came into the flesh, right? So he is again saying here, you'll see it throughout the whole, whole book, you see here again, he says, hey, this is Jesus is the son of God. He actually went to a cross. He actually bore the sin of the world. He actually rose again and is seated now on high. And so we've got to believe that, that John is really, important, really passionate about the truth of God and the love of God. These, the balance between those two, which I spoke about, I think, three weeks ago. Understand your identity. Believe who you have become in Jesus Christ and that you have eternal life. And that life, eternal life is actually in the Son. There is no eternal life outside of the Son. God is life. God is eternal life, and he's brought us into that life. Now, I want to talk about briefly about faith because it's so important. I've got a credit card here. Faith is really, really important in the life of the believer and, um, because we walk by faith, right, and not by sight. But I, I, I've wondered, I see a lot of believers, and sometimes myself, that I walk by sight and not by faith. It is so easy to walk by sight with what you see and what's going on in your life than it is to have faith in God. And see it from his perspective and acknowledge the union that you have with the God of life, which lives inside of you. The Zoe, life of God, right? It's also we live by the spirit and not by the flesh, right? And so many of us sometimes live by the flesh and not by the spirit. And so John is calling us into living by faith. Now, faith is so, you wonder why I have the card, I'll explain in a second. It's so important that John, um, because faith is, is substance. Remember we talked about it. When we have communion, remember, it's, it's substance. You have, it's not just like a nice little memory. There's actually substance of heaven comes into our lives uh, because of the faith. Faith is substance of God. And so faith is like an F-post card. See, this represents what is in my bank. Right? There's not much in there now, now with all this travel and stuff. But anyway, you know, that this, uh, this, you know, this represents what is in my bank account. And this can access... The stuff which is, right, in our bank account. God has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. He's blessed us. He's given us everything that we need, right? It's in the spirit. It's in our account. But only faith, only your divine credit card, or not debit, uh, debit card, not a credit card, a divine F-post card will be able to draw this stuff from heaven into your life. Amen. It accesses everything, your inheritance. This is the connection between God's realm and our realm. And it brings his realm into our realm. Just now we got healed. Why these guys got healed is because there was a connection by faith receiving what God has already given to us, which is healing 2,000 years ago, because he was you know, hurt for us. And so um, that's it. That's really good. I'm happy. So I'm just thinking about different things. In our hands, in this. You know, fear, and we talked about it, even Chris talked about fear last week. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is faith in the devil. Fear is unbelief. And if one thing that God doesn't like is unbelief. But the thing is, though, fear is also substance. It's not just faith, it's substance. 
But fear is substance. And when we start partnering with fear in our lives, then death and destruction and the things of the kingdom of darkness start manipulating, start manifesting into your life. See, the devil's kingdom is all based on lies, right? Condemnation, on guilt, on all these things that we hate and fear and all this kind of stuff. But God's kingdom is what? Righteousness. Thank you, Catherine. I'm glad you're a pastor. He knows the scripture. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's very, very, very good. Faith in Jesus. Now here, listen to me. Now it says here, it's faith overcomes the world. Now sometimes we think, like, okay, it's my faith that I'm working up. I'm working up faith. Wait a minute. I'm overcoming this thing because I am faith. I'm having faith in this thing. Now it doesn't say that here. It says faith in Jesus overcomes the world. See, it's faith in the one who lives in you. Because he is the victorious, victorious. He's the victorious one who gives us the victories, right? He is the victor who lives in our lives. He has the finished work. He's done it for us, amen? But he happens to live inside of you. And that's why we instead of having faith, it is faith in him. What he is in you. And he is mighty, blim, and awesome. And mighty, blim, and strong, amen? And that's what he was saying, John, in the previous chapter, 1 John 4. The one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is living in the world. And so overcoming is recognizing who is in you and partnering with the union that you have in Christ. And this power will just set you free and will be the power in your life. Come on, greater is he that is in you than is in the world. Amen? Why don't you say to yourself, greater is he that is in me than the one who is in the world. Greater is he that is in me, say it, greater is he that is in me than the one that is in the world. So for us, it is important that we recognize this, recognize the one who is in us, and like Chris talked about, and if you haven't listened to this talk, please, Sunday night, it's on live stream anyway, last Sunday night, so good about union in Christ that he always talks about we. Well, I'm going to go in the plane very soon tomorrow. I'm jumping the plane, sorry, Tuesday. And he says, every time I talk, it's never I. It's always we. It's always me and Jesus, you know, so, and the Holy Spirit. So it's always we. And I like this, this whole revelation. And we all know kind of if you're a Christian that the Holy Spirit lives in you. But to be so aware of your union all the time that we are doing this. And actually, you're just hanging on. He is the powerful one. Uh, but you're hanging on. In the you're inseparable. You're inseparable from God. Wherever you go, he goes because he's in your life. You're joined together for life. I love this when Paul talks about this, Romans 8, quickly there. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Here's the same revelation, you know, of John. Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No. In all these things. Come on, let's say it together. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than conquerors. I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels, demons, present, future, any powers, any height, depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on. We are more than conquerors. Say it. I am more than a conqueror. But the reason why you are is because not that you are so special. Well, you are. You become a son of God. But it's not because of that. It's the one who's in you. It's the one who's in you. That's why you're so special. It's the one who's in you. He's the conqueror. He's the victorious one. He's the strong one. So make sure when you walk into the boxing ring of life, you're holding his hand. It's not you like, hey, look at me now. No, 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 you're not. Well, yeah, they look at you because you can see you. They can't see God. But when you, look in, when you step into the boxing ring of life, hey, there's somebody with you. He's very big. 
you know? And so there's no fear. That's why David had no fear at all. He's a little man, like this big. No fear, because he knows who God is. He knows who God is with him, amen? So I suggest we don't let the enemy rob us of the good life, of the God life that Jesus has given to us because Jesus is our life. No longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. He gave himself for us. That's the gospel that we preach. Amen? So our peace is in him. That's good preaching. I'm encouraged myself, see? If I start encouraging myself, I know it's pretty good. So let's get rid of the stuff, guys. Let's get rid of the stuff that holds us back. Let's get rid of the junk. Let's, let's get rid of fear and maybe offense, you know. Stop forgiving some people. Don't, don't hold on. I mean, I'm glad you're going through this course. I, I will miss a month of it. I will watch it online, of course, from Holland. But uh, the thing is, though, go this, this whole new series, you know, living free. Come on. Jesus set us free, you know. <laughs> For freedom that Christ has set us free. Go on this journey and let God set you free. Amen? We have too long partnered with those things that this just break us down. It's just not happening. It's just not good. Have faith in God. Partner with God. Live in his light, love, and life. Listen to this. See, the two commandments that Jesus has given us, they are designed for us to live a full life. Okay, talking about God's life. The two Commandments are what? Belief and love. Those two things are meant to give us the Zoe life of God. Because they do. Because if you believe in Jesus and what he has done for you and who you have become in him, your identity in him, this will give you life because you will be set free because you know that you are the beloved in God, the son and daughter. Amen. This will give you the freedom in life and joy in the Holy Spirit, all this stuff, right? And the more you recognize this, the more, the better your life will be, right? The more you get rid of stuff, the better your life will be. But also, it's love. We love because he first loved us. And I, I know, lovers, you want to get rid of the things that hold back your love. See, perfect love never sins. Jesus never sinned. You know why? Because he's perfect love. Perfect love, I'm talking righteous love, lovers don't sin. That's why God even says in the New Testament, somewhere in the New Covenant, He says the whole covenant, the whole old covenant, the whole law is summed up in one thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we would know how to love, we would not sin. We would not miss the mark. So let's become lovers. Come on. I mean, we're all on a journey, aren't we, to become lovers. And the only way we become lovers is to not work harder at it. I'm going to love now. But it's to allow the Holy Spirit the lover of our soul, just to marinate our lives and just to change from the inside out. Yeah. And the more we love, the more we get rid of stuff. Yeah. I love this, you know. I just changed my life. Let's, let's keep trusting in God, okay? Let's keep trusting in God. Let's have faith. Let's use this card. It's our faith card. It's a divine card. Let's access what, everything that God has given to us because it would be so good for us, you, and for me. And the rest of the chapter, really, I'm, I will go through it, but the rest of the chapter is really about God's own testimony of Jesus. And again, you can see here why John is writing this, because he's still talking to these Gnostics, you know, who just don't believe it. And he says, you got to believe this. And so here's the testimony. Look at this. Verse 6. This is he who came by water and blood, John says, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but also water and blood. 
And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. He says this is the truth, that Jesus really was a man. The Gnostics don't believe that. It's an illusion. It's just spiritual old stuff. That's why they don't believe in sin. And that's why in 1 John 1, 9, they said, if you confess your sin, he's righteous. He'll forgive you all the righteousness. And here, uh, we as Christians start using this thing, and we have our soap. Oh, this is a Christian thing. If we confess our sin, but every time you'll be confessing the whole day long and confessing every day long, because always you get dirty. If, nothing is out of, if everything, anything is done out of unrighteousness, it's sin. So you'll be in big trouble still. You get saved. I'm free of sin. No, no, no. You get the whole life to go in the soap. It is not the only scripture. Do you know that Paul never talks about confession of sin and that kind of stuff? Paul, he wrote two-thirds of the New Covenant. Never talks about washing clean. Only one, only scripture in the New Covenant is that one. And it was written to Gnostics who did not believe that they were sinners. New Testament, sorry, New Covenant. New Covenant. You guys know it. There's three things, right? There's the Old Covenant, which we're never invited to. Then there is Jesus and the Gospels before Jesus. It's in the New Testament, but it's still our Old Covenant. Anybody knows Old Covenant, right? Jesus is new, but everything else old. Disciples old. They don't have new covenant, old covenant. Then when Jesus dies in blood, that's the new covenant. So there's actually three things because people get really, yeah, but Jesus said so to the disciples. Well, it doesn't matter. The disciples were not born again and they were not like you. They're not sons and daughters. I'm so sorry. You've got to really make sure that you know how to interpret the Bible because it can be very, very confusing. Amen? Amen. Anyway, so he's, conf- he's basically saying Jesus is a man. It is the incarnation which is so important because Jesus has to become a man to bear our sin and, and die like us so we can become like him. Amen? Amen. That's good. I'm going fast, but that's good. So you can read it yourself. It's all the scripture. Verse 7. For there are three hills and three that bear witness now in heaven. Who are they? The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Don't you like this? And the three and one. This is where we get the, uh, the, the Trinity from, one of the scriptures. Some don't believe this was in the Bible earlier on. Some manuscripts, you can read that. Uh, but the thing is, though, I believe it. It's in my Bible. And NIV is not bad. New King James, not bad. So I'll just say yes. Jesus, thank you. And so it says here, so the Father and the Word, Jesus was the internal Word become flesh, right? So the Word and the Father and the Spirit, all witness of Jesus that he was who he says he is, fully man and fully God. Verse 8, there are three that that bear witness on earth. Who are they? The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these agree. These three agree also as one. Again, they're testifying that Jesus is both fully man and fully God. Verse 9, if we receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater. So hey, you can listen to man and people, but God's witness is God. It's more important because he's right. I'm so sorry. God and my wife, always right. (laughs) Always right. And my mother, sometimes. Always right. It's nice to see my mother. I haven't seen her for three years. We're going to go back, and it's going to be uh, her 80th was last year. And it's going to be 81 in September. But we're going to celebrate my mother's birthday, 80th. So that's going to be really fun. And, uh, I love my mother. She's awesome. I'm a bit distracted now. I'm, I'm already halfway in the plane. Go on now. I still got to be greater. Okay. If we receive the witness of man, here we go. The greatest God. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. Listen to this. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself, and he who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed the testimony that God has given. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe these heretics? Are you going to believe these Gnostics he's talking about? Or are you going to believe God? Are you going to believe the Holy Spirit who testified? And I love this. When we are born again, the Spirit actually testifies inside of us who Jesus is. Isn't that wonderful? 
It's not hard for us to believe, right? The reason why is because he's in us. And he testifies the spirit of Jesus Christ about this whole thing. I think it's absolutely beautiful how he has done this. Unshakable. It's just, un it's just eternal. It's beautiful. The life of God. Verse 11. And this is the testimony. Here we go. What is the testimony? That God, let's say it together. Say, say it together. That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He does not have the son of God, does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. It cannot become more clearer, more simpler, right? God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. That's the gospel. In the gospel of John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is the life. Jesus is the life. God is our life. Now, I want to say something about this. Salvation is not a feeling. Now, when you get saved and spirit-filled, it is very joyous because it, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you don't, you know, you get joy. When I got born again, and particularly when I got filled with the Spirit, a lot of joy. Because joy is like this, this puko thing, you know, it's like this well, there's this river going all the time, and it's a river of joy, of peace, of love. So when, when you access this whole thing, it starts to bubbling up. It's just so beautiful like this. But the thing is, though, it's still not a feeling. The gospel is not a feeling, it's a fact. It says that you know, you know, because if you have Jesus, you have eternal life. It's a fact. Yes, you get all the feelings too, but don't say, I don't feel saved. Well, I don't care how you feel in that sense. If you have Jesus, you're saved. Don't second guess yourself. Salvation, life is in Jesus. That's it. Full stop. Amen? Amen? And if you feel or not, maybe your feelings are a bit dumbed down because of abuse or things in your life. Maybe you come from Scotland or from Holland. And you just got to like, calm down. Calm down, please. And then you go to the islands. And the islands are always happy. You go to Fiji, always happy. Why is that? Why is it so different? So people... I mean, let's not even go there. But the thing is, you know what I mean? Something has, something has conditioned us to be like that. Sweden is amazing, of course. Sweden is very happy. Like Sweden, I just love Sweden. It's like this, you know. True, isn't it? We have conditioned ourselves, right? And sometimes we push down. You can't be happy in church. You can't be joyful in church, you know? Well, not in this church. We're going to be absolutely happy. I always say to people who want to come to our church, it's a happy church. Yeah. So what does it mean, a happy church? I say we're very happy. <laughs> because we're happy in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our life, and it's not so. I'm so happy like this. Verse 14. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, can you follow me so fast? Yes, thank you, Jesus. Whatever we ask, we know that we have petition asked for of Him. If anyone sees his brother or sister sinning, a sinning, sinning a sin. Interesting, isn't it? Sinning a sin. <laughs> Someone was singing a sin. Sinning, sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. There is sin, there is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about it. All very confusing. But basically, what he's saying here right now, what is God's will, first of all? What is God's will in your life? See, I see people, oh, I don't know who I'm going to marry. I don't know what car to buy, where to live, what, what bike to buy, what to do. I'm so sorry. God is interested in your life, but he's not that interested. It's not like his will. His will is, is for that to have the right thing. I believe there's several wives or husbands you can marry. Not at the same time. <laughs> That's a different religion. Not the same time. But I think there's different kind of people. Will God lead? Absolutely he'll lead you. But there's different options. He's not worried about your car, what car you buy. 
I mean, he loves nice cars. I think he likes nice cars anyway. But he's not bothered about this. What is he talking about here? Praying according to God's will. It's not about, you know, what watch you wear or buy. I mean, it's nice, but it's not about his will. His will. What is his will? His, well, what? Say again. Yeah, love one another. It's a very good one, of course, in context here. But it says, your kingdom come, your will be done, right? On earth as it is in heaven. That, that, that's his will. His will is that we bear fruit in our lives. His will is that we are faithful in our lives. There's so many things he has for us. That we pray without ceasing. There's so much in the new covenant in this way. That salvation in this context would come to the Gentiles, not just to the Jews. That he wants to recognize that we understand who we are in Christ Jesus. That we know our identity in Christ. That we walk in inheritance. That we can spend our inheritance. There's too many people in the graves just around the corner here who have this card and they never spend anything. May it not be for you and I not to spend what God has given to us. That'd be so unfair and so unrighteous. Go on, let's spend everything that Jesus paid for in your life so we can live the life that he calls us to be and be those lovers, you know, in the world and see some people healed and delivered and saved. Come on, it's so good. He wants us to walk into the promised land and slay some giants and do some work. Right? It's a finished work for Jesus, not for you. His finished work started our, our work. Right? Some people say, ah, oh, I'm done. It's finished work. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm resting in the finished work of Jesus. Well, I'm glad theologically you can rest in his finished work because it's not about you, what he has done. But hey, he provided something for you that we start doing something with his finished work, right? So let's, let's get to work. Let's do something in this life, right? Now, there's one sin that leads to spiritual death. Which one is it? There's one thing. Catherine knows already, but she's so amazing, spiritual. What is the only sin that Jesus could not die for? Unbelief. Well done. Netflix. It's the only sin. That's so funny. That's so funny. The only sin that Jesus could not die for is Netflix. That was not good. Only sin he could not die for is unbelief. Because it has to be by faith. Everything in the Bible is about faith. And the thing is that he can't make you believe. It has to be a response. He could not die for faith. So unbelief is the sin that is the nasty one, and that's the one we don't want to have. We want to have faith in Christ. Amen? Verse 17, all unrighteousness is sin. Here we go. And there's sin not leading to death. Now, all of us sin at times, right? I always look at the example of kicking the cat. I'm trying to be nice because kicking the cat, I think, is a sin, unless the cat deserves it, you know. <laughs> or the dog. I've never hit the dog, never. The cat, yes. You know, the cat stressed me the other day, you know, like I was blood everywhere here. Because I'm so, I'm always cuddling, she's just a nice cat, you know. I'm always cuddling the cat. She's very, always comes to me, sit on my lap and cuddle. But if you touch her somewhere, like not on the head, some, just on the, like on the back of her thing, or anywhere else, and she wraps herself around it, bites me, and, and I was like blood everywhere. I took this cat, man, I took like, you know. And the wall, you know, it was like splashed against the wall, you know. She lived, she lived though. No, no, it was not like that. It wasn't like that. I tried to get it. He was too fast for me, you know, but I was so angry. It's a stupid cat like this, you know, it's so bad. Hey, but the thing is, though, and we'll talk about it in a minute, because he says here, the next verse says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Now, this is very complicated, because what is he meaning here? See, I think what he means here is two, two options. One is that he talks about a born-again spirit that we cannot sin, 
or, or and I would suggest, he also talks about you have a new nature, you're born again, so you should not be keep on sinning. It shouldn't become your lifestyle. What you used to do, there should be some change. What? If you're still the same as you were like the devil before you came to Christ and lived like the devil, and you're still living like a devil, and you call yourself a Christian, something wrong. But I think that maybe I actually would like to go the first. I believe what, what Chris said last week. We only sin outside of our identity. Now, our identity is actually spiritual. We become a new creation that is not in the body and not in the soul. It's in the spirit. You become a new creation. So in our new creation, we cannot sin. It's actually united with Christ. You're one with Jesus Christ, one spirit, you know. So in that sin, you can't sin. It's like cocooned, totally protected, fully holy. That's why it's awesome. But where we do sin and make mistakes is, of course, in our flesh. Because so, sometimes we forget, we forget not, to, not to live by the spirit, by the flesh. And so I say, flesh, where are you going? You know? And so it goes somewhere there. I don't want to go there. You know? and, and you make a mistake or whatever. Or your mind goes somewhere and says, hey, I don't want this mind. And you take captive those thoughts and make it obedient to Christ. And what I want to say is, you do not sit in the sense of this. It's the sense of you are sinless. You are a son of God, a daughter of God in your spirit. But you will continue to sin till you die, I believe, unless you, maybe like Jejo, I don't know, Jejo is pretty holy. Uh, and you make hardly any mistakes anymore, or no mistakes anymore. But, but that's so hard to do. I mean, it's so hard to, to not do anything. But the thing is, no, it's not, it's not counted against you because Jesus already paid for them. But that's what he is saying here. And I want to say something to you who are really struggling with things in your life because I used to have that too. And, and I, 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 you know, the thing is, though, what I do, and it may be helpful for you, and then I'll finish, okay? Almost. Um, basically, what I will do, see, what I do is when I see myself sinning, like if, if I say a lie or something, so, or kick the cat or a dog or whatever, you know, what I do is it, as I, I speak to myself. See, my born-again spirit, I say, Gideon, that was not very nice, you know? So I speak to my flesh. I speak to my mind. mind. I, speak I speak to, to my, my things. things. It's, it's a great biblical, says, like, you know, taking captive those thoughts. But, but I, the born-again Gideon, is saying that to the ungenerated nonsense that is still in my life, you know? And, of course, what God wants us to do is to, for this new nature, start demanding righteousness from all those areas in my life, right? And some of us struggle because we've had real pain in our lives. I've had pain and abuse, terrible. And because of that, there's been a lot of things in my life, so I have had to go there. But this does not define me, though. I am still this born-again Gideon, beautiful, just like Jesus. But I have issues. That's my wife. I've got issues. <laughs> Only a few left. But it's issues, you know. And the thing is, though, those issues are life. And they are sinful because anything that misses the mark is sinful. For one, Jesus already paid for it. But I see it as outside of my own self. Let's say it that way. I'll tell you why, why it is so helpful. Because, then, because if you make a, a gross mistake, then, then you can sometimes just... Just bury yourself in a deep pit, and you can't get out. And it's just so hard because you feel so bad and all this kind of stuff. We've all been there, right? The way you help yourself is to see it as dumb, what you just did, Gideon. But knowing that you're still the righteousness of God. Because this will actually help you then to not be dumb again the next time. Because it, uh, it says in the Bible in Titus, say, you are doing a stupid thing now because you have forgot who you are. Yeah. You forgot who you are. Now, we are forgetful at times. 
But I want you to know, that's why there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I'm actually serious about it. I was not going to talk about this, but I know some of you are feeling it because some of you are really beating yourself up all the time. See, I don't beat myself up anymore. What I do say is, Gideon, don't look. You look too long right there. Something on TV. Nice, no? No, no, no. Turn away. If you look too long, Gideon, don't do that. You speak to yourself and you remind yourself that you are the righteousness of God and that Jesus is watching with you. It's a bit embarrassing, really, you know, at times. So do that. But don't go into this whole groveling thing and you feel so bad that it kind of takes weeks or months to get out of this whole thing. That is not Christianity. Jesus paid for all that stuff. Now, it doesn't give you a license to sin. That is also dumb. But it does give you a license to live as God wants you to live. As a son, as a daughter, that you are born again of his spirit. You don't sin in your spirit. But yes, you still make mistakes in your ungenerated body because your flesh wants stuff. That's why it talks about don't live by your flesh. It's neutral. It is one stuff. But you say, no, 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 no. I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. I'm married. No, 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 no. I don't kick the cat anymore because I'm loving. You know? <laughs> you speak to yourself. I don't know if it's helpful for anybody, but that's how I deal with any mistakes that I sometimes still make. It's rare, but it's sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Honestly, it's... I'm almost done. Um... Because great, it says in there, because the wicked one does not touch him, is because God is greater in you, right? The greatest he that's in me that's in the world. Last one, we know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. Look at this, guys. This is the whole story. We are, say it together, in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. He says, don't be deceived. Remember those Gnostics still around, those heretics? Don't be deceived. We are in him. He is in us. And there's a beautiful union that we have in him. He is our life. We have union with him. Amen? So John keeps revealing the glory and the truth of Jesus Christ. In the midst of this unbelief and some of the false teachers that are going on, the light shines. And I love this about John. The light shines because God is light, God is love, and God is life. I love this when in the Gospel of John, John 10, Jesus says this, I am the door. Jesus talks about himself. I am the door. If anybody enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have, come on, life, say it together, and that they may have it more abundantly. And this life flows through your born again, this river behind your puku. It is just this, this river of life that is, comes to your life, it keeps on streaming and keeps on blessing you and keeps on, as we acknowledge the love of God, acknowledge the righteousness, acknowledge his joy, acknowledge all these things, we are changed from glory to glory. Amen? Maybe this is a moment. Anybody here, anybody online, and you have not entered into this door. He says, Jesus says, enter this door by me and you will be saved. The same writer in the Gospel of John 3.16, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes, remember faith, believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And you join the life of God, the Zoe life of God. Is there anybody in this room? Maybe all eyes closed for a moment. Just between you and God. Is there anybody in this room, anybody online, you say, man, I need that life, Gideon. I know that Jesus is the door. You just told me. And I can be saved when I walk through this door. Jesus is knocking. He's knocking at the, at the door of your heart. He said, can I come in, please? I want to have fellowship with you. I want to love on you. I want to be your Savior, your Lord, your friend, your Father. Is there anybody in this room? If you are, I want to pray with you. Maybe you lift up your hand right now and say, Gideon, can you please include me in this prayer? You're going to, about to pray right now. Is there anybody in this room and you need Jesus? Thanks very much. You can go down. Anybody else in this room? You say, yeah, I need Jesus. Anybody online? I need Jesus. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Not only for this life, but for the life to come. You'll have eternal life. That means you never, it never finishes. And the joy, the joy that fills my soul. Anybody else? One more second, one more, two more seconds. Okay, can we just pray with this person, but also I believe someone online. Can you please pray, let's all together. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your life. I receive your love and your light. Everything that you are, I receive today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And today, Lord, I'll make you Lord of my life. And I will serve you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate here with the person who did this. Come on. And also online. It's the best thing you could ever do. Esther, I'm almost done. It's 12 o'clock. We're going to sing one more song. Oh, we're going to have communion still. I'm so sorry it's a bit late, but uh, I'm sorry. You're not going to have a month of me, so that's like all together. I want to finish because I want to wrap this around a circle, this whole, this whole uh, series that we've done. Gospel of John. Listen to this, guys. It's really beautiful. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. We're talking about Jesus. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of life. Isn't it beautiful? Light, love, light. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Come on. Verse 14. And the word became flesh. Come on, he's going to stay. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, guys. We would not be saved without this. And have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. God has become my life. Lord, you have become our life. You have become the source of our lives. Lord, it's your love, it's your light, it's your life, it's your truth, Lord, that permeates in our lives. It strengthens us, Lord. It heals us. It delivers us. It gives us a right mind, the mind of Christ. Lord, you are my strong tower, my safety, my refuge. You are my everything. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name. You know, as we come to the end of the series, we're going to have communion together right now, just quickly, and then we go home. And the communion represents that Jesus actually became a man. 
and he went to a cross. His body was broken for us that we might have his life. And this life is so powerful, so glorious, so beautiful. Everything that he is, we get and we become. And then we got this beautiful cup. It's the cup of bliss. It represents the blood of Christ. And because of his blood, we have a new covenant. We have life. And as we drink this, we celebrate his life. And we celebrate his covenant with us. The promises of God, all of them are yes and amen in Jesus Christ in this cup. In this cup is everything. It's your card. Access is everything of God that's already given to you as a believer. So let's take this and let's enjoy and just meditate for a moment with the God of light, the God of love, and the God of life in us, one with us, in Jesus' name.